It's over. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Dodgers have won it all in 2020. Time down. The Lightning win the Stanley Cup. They have reached the top of the mountain. They are the Stanley Cup champs. Welcome to episode number two of For Future Considerations, what will become your favorite podcast as we talk about everything and anything in the world of sports, and we'll throw in some pop culture as well. My name is Matty Pava, and with me, as always, will be Matt Dumichel and John Rashad. Boys, how you doing? Manny, it's great to be here. I actually uh, had the under on episodes for, for future <laughs> considerations at one and a half. So I'm uh, <laughs> I'm excited we I'm excited we covered. <laughs> John, how you doing up there in Gray County? Good, good. Digging out as always, but uh, very good. So the, I hope you listened to episode number one. If you haven't tune in you'll get to know a little bit about us and how we know each other uh we've been friends for 20 plus years now and we love sports and we decided that we wanted to start this podcast we've worked together and now we're friends together and now we debate sports and yell at each other about players and sports topics and we thought heck why don't we start a podcast and do the same thing and hopefully you will enjoy it as well if you haven't listened to episode one um, please do so for future considerations. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You can email us at forfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show and share some ideas and topics for future shows as well. Exactly. We want to know what's on your mind, not necessarily about the topics we're talking about, but if there's something else in the world of sports or life in general, uh, in the, the public sector uh, that you want us to, to touch on, we're, we're all over it. And we've got a lot to talk about on the show tonight, right, Rashad? We do. Let's start with the Super Bowl. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady are going to Super Bowl 55. Andy Reid, you've got a chance now to go get a second ring and go back to back yourself. The matchup is set, Chiefs and the Bucks. And before we look ahead to the big game, let's look back at the conference championships. Do you guys think the Bills are that close to contending after getting blown out by the Chiefs? Chiefs looked really good on yeah. uh, on the weekend, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, they did. And, and I th- I don't think, uh, uh, to to start my response to that question, I don't think there's anybody in the realm of the Chiefs in the AFC at this point. And I don't see that changing in the next couple of years. With that, I think the Buffalo Bills are really close. I think they're right there. Uh, you know, they've got a little bit of cap space. They don't lose a ton as far as free agency is concerned over this offseason. Another year older for for Josh Allen and, and some of the guys that they've got. Stefan Diggs was outstanding this year, uh, and I think he's going to play a big role in in how this, uh, this team rolls out again next year, being a, a weapon, whether they go and get somebody else from the draft to kind of boost the offense or, or where they're, they're looking at that point. I don't think that division's very strong. I don't think it's going to be strong next year. I, I would expect the Buffalo Bills to, uh, to have a good run at that division next year year and, and I still think they're going to be a top three team in the AFC 
Yeah, I, I think the road doesn't get any easier because, you know, there's still Baltimore, there's still Tennessee, uh, and then you have some up-and-comers. Like, I think San Diego's going to be a force here not too far uh, in the future. Even Cleveland showed some promise this year. But I agree, in that AFC East division, it's Buffalo and maybe Miami. Maybe Miami takes the next step. I think Buffalo has that. I I like Stefan Diggs. I like their other receivers. Can Cole Beasley continue what he did this year? He was really good. But they have Gabriel Davis. They still have John Brown. Um, if they can get a running game, boy, I think that offense is going to be really potent. Saying that, though, I just think the Chiefs are heads and tails above anyone else in the AFC. I think Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid are 44-9 and nine together. It's an unbelievable record. Yeah. So I think the road is going to be pretty tough. Uh, the Chiefs are 1A, 1B, and 1C, and then you've got the Bills and everyone else. But I do still think they're among the top contenders, not only in the AFC, but in the entire NFL. Do the Packers choke and give away the NFC title? 110%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Flip to, to flip to the NFC side, man, they, they had their chances. You, you know, you, we mentioned the bills. We mentioned uh, being up nine, nothing had a chance there to really put the chiefs at least behind the eight ball for a bit. Um, but for the, the Packers, I mean, the countless opportunities that they had, especially late, the two interceptions, they, they can't convert, plus yardage on either of those drives after they pick uh, Tom Brady in the second half, three in total, the the play, this, the field goal decision at the end of the game, the Aaron Rodgers open seam that he could have run at least a few yards to get into the end zone or get closer to the end zone at, at third and eight. Uh, it, it just, it, it stinks all around that, uh, that Packer game. Yeah, and I, I rest the sole blame on Matt LaFleur and the coaching staff for the Green Bay Packers. Like, if you told us that Tom Brady would throw three interceptions in the second half, I would have put money that Tampa Bay was losing that game. But the Packers did nothing with the interceptions. Matt LaFleur, for some reason, could not max protect his quarterback because they had a backup left tackle after Baxiari was hurt. Um, he he didn't keep extra guys back to help to keep Aaron Rodgers upright. And then I can't explain. I don't have a reason what is going through his head with regards to kicking the field goal mm-hmm. instead of going for it on fourth down. I think even at first down, you tell your offense, we've got four downs to get in the end zone. Um we're going for it on fourth down no matter what. Even if we gain two yards every down, we're going to get that much closer. And so um, I just didn't understand that. And from a defensive perspective, um, the defensive coaching at the end of the first half, how does Scotty Miller get wide open mm-hmm. for a bomb pass? All of a sudden, 14-10 becomes 21-10, and it snowballs from there. I think the Packers really choked when it counted the most. Yeah, and, and to piggyback on your your one uh, point there, and, and I think it's a, a great one, in that fourth down territory is when you tell Aaron Rodgers and you tell your team you've got four plays to get in there. The hindsight of that, or, or the opposite of that, I should say, is the thinking that he was going to kick that field goal no matter what. Like, your, your fourth and eight on the eight, 
if you were fourth and six, are you going for it? I don't think he is. Like, I, I feel like he's, you know, it needs to be within the 30 yards. This is the two yards, the one yard range for him to actually pull the trigger on it. And so as much as your mindset going into that drive is we've got four plays to get into the end zone, I, I'm concerned his mindset is we're going for it on fourth down if we're at the two or three. You're at the eight. You all have already made your decision. Your mind is made up as to what you're going to do. But I don't think you're seeing you know, the whole play or, or the, the whole drive itself. I think that was a premeditated choice, and, and I think he just pulled the trigger on it, and I think it was a bad call. Wrong choice. Did you actually watch the games were shot? Because you're a big CFL guy. Did you watch the NFL Conference Championships? Uh, I didn't, actually. I'm sorry. What? Oh, my goodness, <laughs> Rashad. What was on on uh, the weekend? What was I watching? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> was 90 Day Fiance like, se- 72 Most Dangerous Places in the World to Live on Netflix or something like that. There's some uh, scary volcanoes out there. How many of those were in Great County? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rashad, we got to get you watching more. Although, I think I'd be you interested... one game to- left this year, Rashad. You got <laughs> We're asking for one game, and every oh. every year. So this is tradition now because you have to watch the game every year. At some point in the first half, when it's like seven to three, Rashad's going to send me a text message that just says the CFL is better than this. <laughs> <laughs> when there's no CFL, he's still going to send it. <laughs> it's tradition, Rashad. Followed by another text that that Doritos commercial was pretty good though. <laughs> <laughs> Who's she? <laughs> Although I'd be interested to hear your report on the 72 most dangerous places to live in the world. Next week's next week show. Next week show. It's a also place in Pennsylvania shot. you guys don't want to go. I'm telling you that. <laughs> oh, um, I don't want to go there again. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, uh, is that the last time we see him in a Packers uniform, do you think? And if it is, where do you think he's heading? Well, I don't think it is. Like, I think Green Bay would be foolish to let him go. However, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I wouldn't mind saying, you know what? You drafted Jordan Love in the first round last year. This is an MVP season for me, and we still couldn't get it done. Trade me. I wouldn't mind him saying that because he didn't get any offensive help in the draft this year and hasn't in the past three, four drafts. You can go to California, your home state. He's from California. He's a California boy. He can play for the San Francisco 49ers and do something there. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, I seriously consider that maybe my time is up and it's time to move on. I think from a Packers perspective, you'd be foolish to let him go. Yeah, I don't think Jordan Love is ready to take over a, a starting position. And and one of the things that's really struggled or hurt the NFL uh, for that development is not having these preseason games, not really having training camp where you can play against other teams so Jordan Love can play a bunch of times in the, in the preseason. Uh, I don't think you can put that kid on scrap. I think the Green Bay Packers need to do everything they can to keep Aaron Rodgers happy and with that team as long as possible. For me, I still go back to the loyalty thing I, I still have a hard time seeing Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or some of these guys leave these places that they've been for so long but now that's that's the business right and you're right what is what have you done for me is not a an invalid question for Aaron Rodgers to ask at this point you you know we brought in a new coach 
because basically I got the the other coach blown out or I didn't like him. This guy ain't good uh, any good either. You haven't put guys around me. I've created Devontae Adams and some of these other guys to become the players that they are. Not to say that Deion, uh, that uh, Adams is a bad player, but I feel like that's, that connection is, is really what makes both of them tick. But, you know, for, for Aaron Rodgers to say, like, I'm going to need something out of this, or, you know, there's probably 27 other teams that are going to be calling. I don't think it's, it's poor ch- taste for him to do that, but I don't think the Green Bay Packers would ever, at this point, even consider it. Yeah, and it's a fair point, and I agree with you there that the Packers consider it, but you're Aaron Rodgers. You're sitting on the field. You led this team to the number one seed. Your coach is failing you, and you just saw Tom Brady switch teams and win on your home field. you got to be thinking, well, maybe I should go somewhere else where there's, where there's legit weapons too. And um, Matthew Stafford leaving the Lions, where do you think he's heading? Ooh, another QB. Yeah, and Matthew Stafford, it's uh, it's something that has been, you know, I think rumored or, or maybe wanted for, for some time in Detroit. Um, now it's going to happen. It's just a matter of where. Um, I, I, I think the the obvious pick, and it's funny how in the, we're in the same kind of scenario as we were in the offseason last year for this team and a different particular player where the Indianapolis Colts and Phillip Rivers were always connected in the offseason. It was just an easy put the two and two together and, and make it work. And it obviously did. Phillip Rivers decided to retire. I think Matthew Stafford's going to be an Indianapolis Colt. Uh, I think Chris Ballard, the, the general manager there, who is my favorite GM in sports, I think he likes gunslingers. He's not afraid to deal number one picks. Uh, he did previously for DeForest Buckner. He's made these deals. He knows that he's got a certain window of time and he's got a real good team. We're talking about AFC teams that are, yes. you know, maybe the Buffalo Bills are are in the upper echelon or the B class. The Indianapolis Colts with a good quarterback and a, a full, you know, year from from some of their guys and, and a more and a healthier defense. I think they're right up there in that conversation as well. So, I think it's too easy for Matthew Stafford to be a Colt. Sometimes those two just fit together though. Yeah, uh, but the one thing that stands out for me is there's multiple teams who need a QB. Absolutely. So now, if I'm the Lions, I'm okay with this because now the price of poker just goes up, 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 up. Yeah. You've got the Colts who need a QB. The Patriots need a QB. The Broncos need a QB. The 49ers can get another QB and move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. If you got four teams competing for one QB services, I think the time is right for the Lions to make a decent move here for the future of that organization. Because let's face it, the Lions are in a full-blown rebuild right now. Yeah, and, and Matthew Stafford gets a bad rap in Detroit. Some of it is earned, some of it is unearned, but at this point, you know, for, for him, there's there's truly nothing else they can do. They've surrounded him with weapons. So he's had some of the great wide receivers and, and some of the great offensive players that we've seen in the last 10 or 15 years on his team at different times. It's just not worked. It's time for everybody to move on. I think Matthew Stafford's going to be uh, if you can call him a bounce back player next year, I think he's going to be breathing some sweet air wherever he ends up. And, and I think he's going to be uh, a, a big player for whatever team he goes to. Being down here in Windsor with you, I'd never liked the rap that he got on sports radio down here. 
I think Stafford has been a a pure pro player for the Lions, and I never like listening the fans get on him. No, it's it's fair. I mean, he you know he's got the most fourth quarter comebacks in NFL history or whatever the record is because they're always behind. But I mean, he could have he could have very easily started talking to the media slouching around um you know from every report that you read from his teammates he's still the first guy in and the last guy out he's still dedicated to his team dedicated to his teammates and the detroit lions it's you know for for many players and we've seen a couple of the greats of all time retire because of it the detroit lions do not do you any favors for the most part as a a player and and surrounding you with good players and competing and and being there at the end of the day matthew stafford could have complained he could have retired just like calvin johnson has like barry sanders did but he still comes to work every day so i, I think that you're going to get a prime player and i think you're going to pay a prime play, a price but at this point there there will be multiple teams at the end that are going to be in on this and obviously we'll talk about uh, the super bowl in depth next week but uh, early lines what do you guys have chiefs or bucks Oof. I got Chiefs to cover. I, I just think, like, uh, the line right now is three and a half. Uh, I mean, they they look like they look like world beaters. Anytime. Patrick Will Holmes is the best player yeah. in the NFL. Like, I know Aaron Rodgers will win the MVP, and deservedly so, but Mahomes does some special things. Um, I'm going with the Chiefs as the early uh, pick here. Um, but I'll look at it. It's three and a half. The line you said, I'd be interested to see how that line moves, uh, over the next week and a half. But, um, I'm going with the chiefs. You can't, if you pick Tom Brady, you can't fault the guy, Tom Brady, <laughs> yeah. 10 Super Bowls he's been in and he's got enough rings to stuff his ears for years. So, um, John, who do you got? <laughs> Uh, my money is <laughs> which, on which Budweiser to have the best commercial of the, uh, <laughs> you know, what will be fun. Bales are going to do something really impressive. John, your homework next week is to find some good prop bets for us. Okay. Okay. Yes, we want to bet on how long the national anthem is going to be. Um, all, of, all of those things for sure. Prop bets get harder when uh, the building is empty. Yes. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. And how great is that? Like, really, the one thing the NFL has not seen in, in their 50-something years of Super Bowls is a team actually play in their home stadium. They had to do it this year, and the whole thing shut down. Right. <laughs> you know, they're they're <laughs> going to have some there. fans there, but not not nearly to the extent or the um, the atmosphere it would have created. Uh, you can imagine if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were playing a home game to win the Super Bowl. John, are you looking forward to the weekend's performance? Oh, Yeah. He's going to be great representing Canada, and he's fantastic. I love him. I I think he's going to be awesome. I hope he just plays Blinded Lights like six times. (laughs) (laughs) That song is still in the top ten, and it's been like six or eight months. It is, and and I've had this conversation before. I'm not not a music aficionado by any stretch of the imagination. I still think Prince is recording albums, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that Blinded Lights is one of the best songs I've, I think I've ever heard. It's such a great song. I just love the fact that he's Canadian. Yeah. And putting on a show. You might as well bring all the Canadians out there. Because you could have a heck of a show imagine that? with Canadian performers at you the Super Bowl. You get him, you get Drake, you get Nickelback. 
Nickelback. <laughs> Avril Lavigne. Yeah. Michael Bublé. Rita McNeil out there. <laughs> now nah, that's a show I would watch. No, that's a show. Rita I would McNeil watch. in the weekend. <laughs> Rita McNeil has a wardrobe malfunction. Oh. <laughs> and the line of the night right now. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the NHL is nicely underway. And oh, uh, I, thought the Blue gonna leave, I thought John was going to leave the room. Mic drop <laughs> after the line of the night. Hello, hello, yeah, I'm, hello. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> George Costanza. I'm, <laughs> I'm their big blockbuster trade in the NHL. Uh, two disgruntled players, Pierre Luc Dubois and Patrick Laine, were the main players getting new addresses. Drafted by by Winnipeg and spent. Uh, just over four years here. I think it was a great place to play hockey, you know. I think I could definitely have a better start to the season. I haven't played to, to my to the level I know I can play. Who do you think won the deal and why? Wow. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to go with Winnipeg because if you get a player like Dubois who's young, who's a six foot three, 220-pound center, they don't grow on trees. I just did not like the way Dubois played at the end of his contract. Like... When he only played three minutes and 50 seconds, I think it was his last game as Columbus, just the body language was terrible. Like, what's to say he doesn't do that again? If you're that type of player, I don't want you on my team. So just just for that, I'm going with Columbus. And you get Patrick Laine, who's a 40-50 goal scorer. Those guys do not grow on trees. Yes, I understand the argument that he may not be able to sign in Columbus because he's a restricted free agent, but maybe Columbus finds a way. I just think the Columbus Blue Jackets win this trade. And the other thing that stands out for me, Matt and Sean, is the fact that after Dubois got traded, Columbus, the very next game, put up five and won their game, scored the most goals they've ever scored in a game this season, the next game Dubois got traded. So I think Columbus wins this deal. Yeah, I, I don't argue uh, that at all. And, and I completely echo your point there about Dubois and the, and the effort. I mean, if you're trying to get out of a city, you don't play worse, right? You're trying to increase your stock so that somebody looks at you so that they can get you the hell out of wherever you want to go. To me, that's a serious red flag. And I don't think that could play well with anybody that's in the locker room with him in the Blue Jackets. And if I'm on the Winnipeg Jets, I'm a little bit hesitant at the start. When you put him in that team, I think that makes Winnipeg so much deeper. Up the middle, they're outstanding. My only hesitation for Columbus is you've got Max Domi. Whether they put those two together or not, I don't think Laine's got the offensive support to get him the puck like he would have had in Winnipeg. The other concern is Max Domi and uh, and and Laine are going to be awful defensively, and that is how the Columbus Blue Jackets win hockey games. I still think Winnipeg, end of the day, is going to pull this off and and win this trade if if there's a, a winner or loser. I think it's an interesting trade for both players and and both teams. What do you think about it, Rashad? Yeah, I think Winnipeg's power play gets better right away. 
And um, I think that's a good thing. But I also think uh, my wife is from Winnipeg. And it's just uh, Winnipeg fans are so sensitive about things like this. When a player leaves, they go back to when the Jets left originally. And it's just, it's another one of those things where the fans get a little antsy. They start to feel like, can this team hang on to someone? Is the guy we're getting going to be disgruntled? Are we going to lose him? And uh, so it'll be interesting to see how the fan base reacts. And Dubois gets there. And Dubois only signed for two years. Mm -hmm. He's a restricted free agent again, mind you, but he's only signed for two more years. They got to sign him to a longer term deal too. If he's going to stay, chances are both those guys are not going to stay with Columbus or Winnipeg in the future. They're going to get moved again. However, I just, it just rubbed me the wrong way, the way Dubois demanded a trade and the way he did not put any effort in his final few days in Columbus. Mm-hmm. And what? I think it's fair uh, the way you, you say it too, Rashad, and, and I wouldn't be surprised end of the day if in two years' time, you know, again, we're we're assigning how this is trade as won or lost. I think it's going to end up being what these teams get for these players when they leave town because I think I don't think – when we're having this conversation in three years that line a is still in Columbus and that Dubois is still in Winnipeg. I think they've spread themselves out and, and gone somewhere else. So yeah, if you're a Jets fan, you've let you know, I would expect, unfortunately you lose line a and you've lost Dubois in that, that window of time because they've both either left by trade or free agency. And if I'm Mark Shifley, I'm grabbing Dubois by the neck and going, don't you ever try that mm-hmm. BS again here? If you're the GM, what do you think of Tortorella putting a little bit of pressure on you to make that trade a little quicker? I don't, I don't think there was pressure from Torts. I know he benched him and he wasn't going to play them that Saturday. I think Yarmo knew, the GM of the Blue Jackets, knew he had an issue and he needed to make a move. Yeah, and I mean, to get a player for the, of the caliber of Patrick Laine, it may just be a change of scenery for both, and both may enjoy where they are and enjoy their teammates, and, and it, it all works out. But I, I, I don't think Torts uh, may wield a, a strong stick. I don't think he would have been the, the trigger man for this, but it's certainly going to be uh, interesting how uh, Laine and Torts get along, just like it is with any player in Torts. Yeah, 100%. Um and the other thing I wanted to say on that is is the fact that um, I just don't think that uh, you can like Line A's first game. Didn't he get into a fight and he scored the game winner? Like I, that's going to redeem you to Torts, yeah. right? Correct me if I'm wrong, Rashad, but I think oh, Line yeah. A did that in Winnipeg's first game. So that's you just did more than Dubois did. So I think that's going to redeem you to yeah, Torts. For sure. And here's a drive to deep left field off the bat of George Springer, and he's left the yard again. With the Toronto Blue Jays, they signed George Springer to a six-year, $150 million deal. Do you think the Jays come to regret this deal like the Vernon Wells deal? See, I've, I've never got the notion of regretting a deal. Like, you got your guy. You had to, from from baseball circles and what you read, you had to overpay for him, and that's understandable. There was multiple teams in there. Maybe Toronto is not the desirable market. Maybe it's the tax or whatever it is that that plays into it that you know you have to pay a little bit more. Teams are going to spend on guys, and and it's a two way street. So you had to know that this was the money that you were going to have to pay to get George Springer. And George Springer's name in the Blue Jays have been tied together the whole time. So you've always been in on this. You've 
had a general idea of what the cost is going to be, whether, you know, he's hurt for six years or the Blue Jays bought him out and they, they don't make the playoffs for six years. I don't think that's a regret of this deal. My thing has always been is at this point, now that you've spent this kind of money, this you can't stop now. Like this is this is now you've opened Pandora's box, you've committed to putting a winning team on on the field, you've added the top tier free agent, you're not just getting George Springer to hang around and now you're you're out of money. You know, the the Blue Jays have to keep this going. They have to improve their starting pitching and their their bullpen. They've got to upgrade some of those places and get some more depth. But you can't use a six-year, $150 million deal on George Springer as an excuse for why you don't get these other guys. Yeah, I, I love that point. Like, if you're going to spend, it means you're all in. You've you've got to spend. You can't cry poor all of a sudden and say, well, we just spent 150 on one guy. We can't spend that much money on anyone else. I totally agree with that. I don't think they regret this deal either, like Vernon Wells, just because of the fact that they needed to overspend to land this guy. And they're that close from an offensive standpoint. They signed Marcus Simeon to a one-year $18 million deal. I think that is overspending, mm-hmm. not this deal six year one fifty for George Springer because eighteen million for Marcus Simeon seems like a lot. I think they needed to overspend to ensure that they landed his bat and his defense in the outfield for this young baseball team. What about you, John? Did they overspend? Uh, for me, long-term deals always make me nervous and they end up killing you. Like I go back to the Blue Jays years ago and I think about Rios and his seven-year deal and it was around 70 million and a year and a half later, they put him on waivers and I'll always remember I'm sitting in the 500s a couple of, probably about three weeks before they waived him and we're sitting there. It's the bottom of the ninth and Rios has a chance to drive in the winning run. And he strikes out. And I will always remember there was an 11 year old kid sitting in front of me and goes, Rios, you suck. I need him. <laughs> and that's every time I think of a long term deal, I think, you suck. I need a drink. And that's what I always hear. <laughs> Where is that 11 year old today? I want to meet that kid right now. <laughs> uh. Now, the bigger question, too, is do the Jays land another? top tier free agent i would say simeon is not a top tier free agent um but i the jays need to add pitching they need to add to that front rotation front end rotation i don't know if they outbid the angels or the mets for trevor bauer no, and, and I would be more concerned, and, and it, you know, interesting when you talk about long-term deals. I'm more concerned with long-term deals with pitchers than I am with, with hitters. And Trevor Bauer is going to get a long-term deal. When you talk about top-tier free agents, I, I just think Trevor Bauer is the only one on there. Real Muto has agreed to go back to the Phillies. I don't know if the Blue Jays were ever, I think everybody would be interested, but they've never really gotten uh, anywhere in the talks. But to me, it's Trevor Bauer and everybody else as far as top-tier free agents. I, I don't think they're going to get Trevor Bauer. I don't think they necessarily need to get Trevor Bauer to to compete in that division. Um, he would certainly put them in now the conversation of the best teams in the American League. But I think if you can find a guy like a James Paxton, uh, take a chance on a Jake Odorizzi, somebody like that, uh, that's you know maybe a C a B minus free agent that can can plug some gaps. I, I think that is where your money is going to be better spent in the offseason this year. I would go for Bauer. 
he might as well. You know, I, I don't think, you know, I, I don't think he's, uh, he's going to end up in Toronto end of the day, but you've now made your, your case to him without really having to sit down with him. Right. Like you, you went and got Springer, you're building, you know, Simeon's there. You're, you're got the young team and all that. Uh, you're going to have to give him the extra year. You're going to have to give him the extra 50 something million, I'm sure to get him to, to sign. But if you can get him, go for it. The MLBPA has rejected the idea of expanded playoffs and the universal DH. Um, if you had to pick one out of the two, which one would you rather see stay permanently? I would say expanded DH. I do not want to see pitchers become the easy out again. I thought it worked in the shortened pandemic season last year where every at-bat seemed to count in both the National League and the American League games. I would love to see the expanded DH stay forever. And I want to keep the the expanded playoffs. Uh, you know, I loved that three game series at the beginning of the playoffs, where game one flips everything on its head. You, you know, however you want to do it, that the top ranked team plays all three games at home or whatever the um, the format format is for it. Um, I think it proved uh, as well that there are you know if you go one to eight, baseball's always been you know at at most six four two back in the day uh, per per league. I, I think it shows that the one, two, eight, like there's still a decent enough team in the eight spot in both leagues that can put on uh, a bit of a fight. I think it, if you were to compare it to other te- uh, other leagues, I think the eighth team in baseball is better than the eighth team in most basketball conferences most years. So I, I think it, it's valid. I love the idea of the three-game playoff and turning it around, and, and I think there's more money in that for the owners, getting an extra home game somewhere in there, and I think they're always just going to go with the, the route that does that for them. Can we have both, Rashad? Sure. I'm in favor of both. Beauty. <laughs> the commission has spoken. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys watch the big fight? And uh, who had uh, Dustin Poirier beating Conor McGregor? Matt? <laughs> oh, you know, oh, that was, John, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I, for, I forget if the first episode I, I ranted about him already, but I'm I'm not a fan. I, I've, I've never got it. Um, you know, I don't mind some cockiness and arrogance. Uh, what I can't stand is, is blatant stupidity. And, and I think that's everything that wraps up in what, what Conor McGregor is outside of the ring and, and obviously inside of the ring as well. Um, but my, my girlfriend loves him. She thinks he's the hottest person on the planet. We, we don't look too alike other than the fact that we're both <laughs> adult males. So there's, there's that as well, but no, he got railroaded. He got his leg broken because Dustin Poirier was just kicking the hell out of his calf and he wasn't doing anything to defend it. And in the second round, he got smacked right in the face and he went down. And let me tell you, Rashad, in that, that fight, watching it at my girlfriend's house that, that whole night, I sat there with my arms crossed and I was just like, come on, come on, come on. Come on. I didn't say anything. And when he smacked him, I was <laughs> I was off the couch. It, it was great. I thought it was great to see Dustin Poirier. Uh, I think he's a great story. I don't know anything about him until watching the fight. I think he's a great story. The first thing he starts talking about when he's uh, when he's getting interviewed is, is what this is going to do for his charity. I, I, I thought it was great. I, I loved watching Conor McGregor get punched in the face. I loved seeing him down and out on the mat with blood spewing out everywhere. And, and it was, uh, to me, it was great. I, I think it's good riddance. Uh, I don't think there's any point in, in even watching a fight of his anymore. 
Yeah, they're talking about round three already with yeah, him. Which is, again, this so <laughs> the the love of, of Conor McGregor and UFC. John, uh, the the announcer that's uh, that does the UFC games, who I think John a- uh, Anik, John Anik is his name, who I think is unbelievable. He's great. The the love that 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 league has, and I understand that he's been good for the league, and he's got the fighters' money and and whatever else. As the the fighters are leaving the ring. John Anik is talking about how who would have had Conor McGregor in the second round. They don't even they're not even thinking of the other guy. Conor McGregor is the only one who stands around and humbly gets interviewed after he loses. And now sounds like a little you know no it was a good fight uh, you know maybe we'll do a third one. Why would he fight you again? They fight they fought once before in 2014. It's not a rivalry. This isn't something you're trying to split with anybody. You know, Dustin Poirier is now number two in that in that that division. He's not fighting the now number what or what's Connor now eighth, not rated. What where would you put him? He wants Khabib or he wants Justin Gaethje, and those are the only guys that I would even consider fighting if I were in his camp. Connor doesn't need the money because from this fight, he donated his money to Dustin's charity. Mm-hmm. So he just needs to stop. He needs to move on to his another career. Sell alcohol, sell his booze, whatever his line is. Whiskey's and, good. Yeah, and get into <laughs> broadcasting. He just enough with the fighting. He can use his bravado on the air in broadcasting. He needs to stop fighting. That's my opinion. Rashad, what do you think? Did you watch the fight? <laughs> yes. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I really need to start doing more homework. <laughs> so, well, so, I, was, I was watching Hockey Night in Canada, but uh, there is nothing more painful than watching someone hang on way too long in any sport where you could go out on top or even a little bit of a shadow of what you were, what people will still remember the good times. You don't want to go out after just getting pounded. I mean, it's time to just, just stop because it's only going to get worse. Yeah, since he boxed, since he boxed uh, that that one match, it's it's been lights out. He's been terrible since. I, I don't see you, you can't fight anymore. You can't box. Time to go home. Rashad, you have contributed so many gold gems in the show tonight. This is only episode two, and even though you didn't watch a lick of the fight <laughs> or the look of the football, <laughs> you contributed some gems to this show tonight. That does it for for future considerations tonight matt how can people follow us everywhere twitter instagram facebook you can email us for future considerations at gmail.com we're we're very reachable we're we're men of the people if you have topics if you've got suggestions if you've got comments if you know Kiefer Sutherland and you can get in touch with him so we can get him on the show, uh, then let us know. Send us a message, a DM, whatever, and share. Please share with your friends, like it, comment it on, the, on everything, and, and let's get this going. That's uh, mention number two in episode number two about Kiefer Sutherland. If you don't know the backstory, listen to episode one where you get your favorite uh, podcasts on our channel and you can learn more about Matt John and myself Manny Pava on behalf of the boys thanks for tuning in we have some more gold coming next week and a special announcement next week about prizes to give away you don't want to miss that that's coming up on next week's show thanks for tuning in tonight that was a disgraceful performance in my opinion in my opinion that sucked their mentality's awful their attitude's awful It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard 
one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.